Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. Well, welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio. You know, last week I was discussing the problem our country is facing with long-term care as far as who is ultimately going to pay for it. The vast majority of people in this country have not planned for an extended healthcare situation. They don't know how they're going to fund it or how they're going to manage that situation. It's estimated by the Department of Health and Human Services that nearly 70% of individuals over the age of 65 will need long-term care services before they die. Now, currently, the only government programs that pay for long-term care services in this country are Medicaid and the VA, the Veterans Administration. But both of these programs are means-tested, which means you have to prove the need for care as well as prove that you don't have the resources to pay for that care. In other words, you have to be broke. You have to spend your liquid assets down, turn your income over to get on either one of these programs. Now, that being said, the VA does offer some additional services for those who served in active wartime duties. But again, they're very limited. And it's not coverage like a lot of the veterans I talk to just assume they're covered because they're a veteran. And, you know, if they need the, the home health care service that the VA is just going to send them in and take care of them. And it does not work that way. Again, means tested programs. I mentioned that the federal government is looking for ways to shore up Medicaid, but they don't have a plan to provide meaningful, you know, a, a true meaningful solution at this point. One of the problems with Medicaid is that it's a shared expense with the states. In order to grow the Medicaid program, the states will also have to contribute additional resources to cover the cost of care for those in need. So that's obviously a, a big you know, problem. And people are saying, well, wait a second, why doesn't the federal government just increase the Medicaid dollars? Well, because then they're going to the states and saying, look, you've got to increase what you pay as well, too. And the states are trying to avoid that. Now, Washington State was the first state to pass this new long-term care services and support bill that is essentially a payroll tax to raise money for the future costs that are currently being paid by Medicaid. Twelve other states are currently looking at similar laws. Colorado is one of them. And they're, they're really what they're looking at is ways to raise money to cover the ever-growing demand on the Medicaid budget for it, at the state level. However, this is not going to solve the larger problem as the states raise money on their end because, again, the federal government is currently funding half of the Medicaid costs in this country. Also, what Washington State did does not shore up Medicaid at the federal level. In fact, inside the bill for Washington State, it stipulates that the state pays out benefits in the future out of this new tax revenue that they're bringing in it will petition the federal government to still pay half of those claims or get half of that money that they paid out because they're saying that that is money that the federal government would have had to pay out on Medicaid anyway. So think about what I just said. The state is going to tax employees and put the money in a trust fund. If you qualify for care in the future, the state wants the federal government then to send them a check for half of what they paid you. And remember, as, as it, the most you can qualify for in the state of Washington is $100 a day for a year, so about $36,500. So if they pay out that $36,500, they're going to tell the federal government, they're going to send them you know, a demand saying you owe us $18,250 because that's half of, of what would have been paid out on Medicaid anyway. So that's really what the Washington state law is doing. They're trying to, where people are saying, oh, we got this new long-term care bill. No, it's a payroll tax. Number that first and foremost, it's a payroll tax. It is not solving the long-term care problem. So other states have to look at this. They have to look at the kind of the mess up that Washington state did. But Washington state is essentially trying to make money on top of that payroll tax by getting money from the federal government saying, hey, we would have paid this out on Medicaid anyway, so you owe us half of that. Now, after last week, my, you know, the program that I had last week on the air, and if you missed it, you can always go back to 525longtermcare.com. Just click the radio tab, and that will get you the podcast. You can also get them through anywhere you get podcasts, iTunes, or, 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 or any of those other sites out there as well, too. But after the program, I got several emails with quite a few different opinions. 
And and I just I wanted to share this with you because the point was last week was whose responsibility is this? Is this us as a private citizen? Is it our responsibility to figure out how to plan for an extended care situation? Or is this a bigger problem that the government just needs to solve for all of us? And, and you know, as you can imagine, there's two different camps on that. And so one of the messages I got said this. It's not fair that people should have to lose everything they have worked hard for at the end of their lives. Medicare should be expanded to cover all health care, including long-term care. Okay, so here we have. Here, here, here we have an opinion. This person says, hey, look, it's not fair that we work hard and then we have to turn around and spend all of our money down at the end of our lives and lose our assets to pay for for the last years of our lives. That's just not fair. The government should take care of us. Okay, so that's again, yeah, government's the, the solution, cradled the grave. This is the opinion. Now let's look at this. Number one, Medicare doesn't pay any long-term care. So they're saying let's expend Medicare, that's the health insurance you get when you turn 65, to cover long-term care. Medicare doesn't cover long-term care. They'll cover up to 100 days of skilled nursing if that's necessary, only the first 20 days without a deductible. Well, remember, Obamacare actually tried to include long-term care coverage in the health insurance. They were really trying to push that out and grow that, especially for the seniors at 65 for Medicare. And as I said last week, why didn't that happen? Because of the third grade math. It was just too expensive. I mean, look what happened to our insurance premiums under Obamacare. And all the naysayers that said this isn't a good idea, it's going to raise costs, were proven right. My family plan more than tripled. It more than tripled for a high deductible health care plan under Obamacare. And all those things that they said were like, you know, oh, you're going to keep your doctor, the rates aren't going to go up, everybody's going to get insured. No. So they already had to increase the cost tremendously. And imagine trying to put long-term care in there. They just couldn't add the math up. You would take your premiums today and you would double them again because of the inefficiencies of the way that system would work. So that's, you know, part of the big problem. People think, oh, we just expand Medicare. It's like, no, the third grade math isn't going to work out. So that's not going to be a solution. Now, another person wrote in and the comment that they said was long-term care insurance is too expensive. And most people can't afford it. The only fair solution is a federal program that covers everyone. Okay, so now we're back down to fairness. And this is something my dad taught me as a kid. You, he, he always used to say, like, you define fair to me. Explain fair to me. You know, is it fair that, 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 that you're short? Is it fair that I'm tall? Is it fair that I don't have hair? Explain fairness to me. And this person is saying that's fair. So too expensive. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. And this is a lot of, a lot of people believe this, that the long-term care insurance is just too expensive. And so they're not even going to look into it, but too expensive. You know, most people can't afford it really. Well, let's take a look at what Washington state did. Washington state is starting a payroll tax of basically 0.6%. It's 0.58%. So just round it up to 0.6% of every dollar that you make to provide you a $36,500 benefit, which is a hundred dollar a day benefit maximum for a year. Now, they can increase this coverage based on the consumer price index, but it's not fit, you know, it's not fixed. They don't have to do that. For that benefit, they're going to tax all of us bonuses, commissions, stock options starting at age 18, they're going to tax you 0.6%. No caps on your income like social security or anything else. Actuarial consultants that testified in the state said that, look, the benefits are going to have to be reduced or the tax is going to have to be increased because of the expenses the state's going to incur trying to manage this program and the benefits they're trying to pay out. Well, folks, the benefit's already minimum, so they're not going to lower that benefit. They're going to have to raise the tax. And by the way, we have a paid family leave tax that just went up starting January 2022. It's going to go up by 50%. The tax is going up by 50%. That tax is was enacted a few years ago, and here's the first rate increase. So we know that. We know that. You can't stick your head in the sand. We're going to go from 0.6 to to 1%, and it's going to probably keep climbing on that tax for the long-term care. So again, the expensive part. So we're back to this is too expensive for long-term care insurance. is too expensive. Well, let's take a 40-year-old, and let's provide them with twice the amount of coverage the Washington State program would cover, which, remember, it's $100 a day for a year. That's it. We're going to provide them $3,000 a month for two years instead of one. Now, we have to do this because technically you cannot sell a long-term care program that only offers one-year coverage. That's a Washington state law. 
So again, they put a bill in place that's going to provide long-term care services for all their state residents, but it only covers one year of coverage, even though a private company can't sell a policy that for that short of period of time. They have to cover them at least two years. So I've got to provide these people 40-year-old two years of coverage. What is that going to give them? Well, a 40-year-old female would pay about eleven fifty-nine a year, so about $96 a month. A 40-year-old male would pay seven ninety-nine a year, or about $67 a month. If they were a couple, they'd pay about sixteen sixty-four because that'd be a couple's discount, which is about $138 a month. Folks, that's for each of them to have their own policy, $3,000 a month, two years. Oh, and by the way, that's got a 3% compound inflation rider, which means the value of that policy compounds and grows by 3% every single year. Now, does that sound too expensive? You know, I know a lot of people that spend more than $96 a month on coffee at Starbucks every month, right? It, it, it's And this is a 40-year-old. If it was a 30-year-old, it'd be even less. If it was a 50-year-old, it'd be a little bit more. But think about this. These people could take this program out of 40 where the state's going to say, hey, you're going to start paying the tax at age 18. Also keep in mind that private insurance is portable. It triggers. You can take it with you. So again, we're back to this point. We're saying long-term care insurance is too expensive. There needs to be a federal program. I'm like, no, not really. When you look at what you can get and the better services that you can get, and remember, the plan through the private company is going to trigger easier than the state program. It's portable. You can take it with you. And you're going to pay less in that over your lifetime than I guarantee you will into the income tax that the state is. So again, most people just haven't looked into this, and they are the ones that are saying it's too expensive. You need to really consider what the options are that the government's going to try to force upon you. Now, one of the more compelling compelling comments came against government programs. Um, this came into our, our website last week as well, too. And I want to share that with you up, you know, but uh, next. But first, we're going to take a quick break. So stick around. We'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes. Guarantee the quality of your care and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health. But you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. A smart, informative way to learn about long-term care is to join Colorado's certified long-term care planning specialist and host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott from 525 Advisors, for his free long-term care planning live webinar this Wednesday, December 15th at 4 p.m. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you. Plans that even have lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage can give your family. Join the free live webinar this Wednesday, December 15th at 4 p.m. Go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio. Um, Again, you just heard some ads during the break. We do have one more class coming up on Wednesday. That's going to be 3 o'clock Pacific time, 4 o'clock Mountain time. And again, it's the same class we just um, had 
on Saturday. This is our long-term care planning webinar class. You can sign up at 525longtermcare.com. It's just really a great way to kind of get the basic 10,000-foot view on you know, all this stuff that we talk about, what long-term care is, what it pays for, you know, what your options are as far as the different types of plans, and then we get to answer your questions. So one more for uh, 2021, and then we are done and headed into 2022, believe it or not. So um, the need for long-term care services in this country is apparent. And again, COVID has placed the spotlight on this subject. Last week, I was discussing who should pay for it and whose responsibility it is, government or individuals. I just read you two comments that I got through our website. And again, if you want to send us one, just go to 525longtermcare.com, click on the radio tab, and you'll see uh, send in question of the week. You can send us a question or a comment, whatever you want. So I got quite a bit of uh, a feedback on that after last week's show. And, and based on the responses we got from our listeners, it's pretty well divided, like most topics in this country. I just read you two comments from people who think government should take control and be responsible. But I also got comments the other way, and I want to share one of the more powerful ones that was sent to us. And this was from Sandra. Sandra wrote in and said, I am shocked at how many people dismiss the subject of long-term care planning and just assume everything will work out. I personally went through a horrific situation with my parents and watched them lose their dignity, everything they worked hard for, as well as their ability to live their lives as they wanted. Due to ongoing health issues, both my parents ended up on Medicaid and were put in a series of different, poorly run nursing homes. This broke my mother's heart. My siblings and I got entrapped in a bureaucratic nightmare with Medicaid and watched my parents spend the end of their lives broke and separated from each other. I will tell you firsthand from my experience Government is not the solution to the long-term care problem. Folks, well, I will tell you, there's, there's a lot to unpack on this and a lot to understand. And Sandra is just spot on. I have run into quite a few people like this. Um, most people don't think about it. She's right. Most people just don't think about long-term care. And they don't think about how it's going to affect not only them, but their family members, you know, when their health is compromised. And the consequences can be harsh. And, and, and here's Sandra's story. Here, her parents got separated. They didn't even get to spend their last years of their life together. They were separated because they were on the government system. Another telling point in this comment is that Medicaid requires you to not only spend down your money, but to give up your control of options. And this is the whole point. Her parents died broke. Again, you've got to spend your liquid assets down. Not only do you have to spend those liquid assets down, if you're both on Medicaid, you're married, like, like her parents here, that means there's going to be a lien on the house. So that means none of the assets are going to be passed. You will have spent down your retirement account, your savings account, and then once Medicaid starts paying, you will end up there will be a lien on your real property, your your house, if you still have a house. All of the income that Sanders' parents had as far as Social Security coming in, any pensions, anything like that, was turned over for Medicaid. So again, this is why you're, she's saying you're dying broke. You're not still getting your $2,000 Social Security. That's going to Medicaid first. The state will give you... Uh, the government gives you a 60 to $70 a month, give or take, depending on what state you're in, what they call a personal needs allowance. The rest is going to pay for your care in the nursing home. Now, her parents died in two different nursing homes. This is not uncommon. I have a client right now that has two parents on Medicaid, and they both are in two different nursing homes as well, too. He's trying to get them together. Mom has a cognitive issue. Dad is, is, is fine cognitive, and so he understands. He's like, where's my wife? How come she can't be with me? But this is, you know, again, the government providing the best level of care that they think they can. And so the takeaway from this is to become eligible for, for Medicaid, not only are you spending your assets down, you're giving up control of your care options. Now, the exception to this rule is if you already you know, are in a long-term care situation, you're already a resident of a facility, when you file for help from Medicaid, then a lot of times the facility will say, we will accept the Medicaid reimbursements. But this is usually done after you have privately paid. So you have self-paid, and we're starting to see it used to be a year. If you pay, pay for a year, then we'll accept Medicaid. Now we're starting to see that pushed out to two years, three years, five years on some of these facilities. And technically, they say, well, that's against the law. But, well, the choice is the facility just says, well, we're not going to accept Medicaid at all then. We'll have absolutely zero Medicaid. So the states have kind of turned a blind eye to that. So you'll hear a lot of places advertise that, you know, that if you come in and you move in and you privately pay for two years or three years or four years, then we will accept the Medicaid reimbursements. And so 
that's it. But you're still, again, spending your money down in that facility before you're ever going to get any help from Medicaid. And think about the last year of, you know, Sandra's parents' lives. I think this is what really got me in this comment that she sent in. They were not the best years by any means. In fact, they were probably the worst years for her parents and for the siblings, for the kids, for Sandra and for her siblings. This is the, you know, this is the part of losing your dignity, right? You, you have no control. You're a ward of the state. And, oh, you don't even get to be in the same nursing home together anymore. We're going to have to separate you because we just don't have the room in this one to put you guys both in there. So let's talk about the government solving the problem for long-term care. Currently, many Medicaid nursing homes are overcrowded. They lack the staff. They lack the resources providing um, the quality levels of care. You saw what happened with COVID. Those were Medicaid nursing homes. The big one in Kirkland, Washington, out here, which was the first one to make the news. That was a Medicaid nursing home. You know, it just got decimated. And I understand how these work. These places are overcrowded. They don't have the resources. Not all of them, and again, there's going to be some exceptions, but the vast majority of them are overcrowded. And I personally watched my aunt enter the Medicaid system in Colorado. She was down in Alamosa, Colorado. She was going in and out, in and out. And I'll tell you, the level of care that she received was absolutely horrific. The last time I visited her there, she was in a room with two other people. So there were three of them in a room, and the hallway was just completely crowded with people sitting in wheelchairs. It was just it was just horrific compared to the assisted living facility that my grandmother was in two blocks away. So how do we expand a program that is already over capacity? We throw more money at it. This seems to be the answer for everything the government fails at. I mean, we got a big homeless problem in a lot of cities across this country. They're spending $100,000 ahead and they go, oh, well, we need to spend more. It's like, huh, most people don't make $100,000 a year. That's interesting. The truth is the system is a safety net program. So... Therefore, it's providing care for the people that are supposed to be the neediest out there. That's what Medicaid is. It's not competing with the private sector. This is why they have, you know, that's why some of these Medicaid facilities are just so rough. They're not competing. You know, they're not trying to compete with the beautiful nursing home up on the top of the hill with the wonderful views and the swimming pool in the backyard for the grandkids when they come and visit. They're not competing against those kind of facilities. Right? These are Medicaid government-run facilities. They're basic, 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 basic. What's the cheapest way that we can provide this care for our people? That's what they're trying to do. This is why Sandra's parents died in two different nursing homes. They weren't worried about trying to find a nice little apartment in assisted living or something to provide for her parents. They were just warehousing them. That's what it is. This is exactly why our case manager, Madeline, whose mom ended up on Medicaid after she spent through all the resources, ended up getting kicked out of the nursing home that she was in because that nursing home said we are no longer accepting Medicaid. She was moved to another facility over 60 miles away, which is where she passed away just a couple weeks later. And so, again, the problems with Medicaid for providing long-term care service for the entire company, they don't have the resources to provide the, the qualified workers that they need. Um, they've been trying to expand community care, which means care in your home in the community, but that is still failing because again, the vast majority of people have to get warehoused because if you're going to get care from Medicaid in your own home, you've got to have family members providing most of that help. What people don't know is about the most care that you're going to get in the community, otherwise in-home care, like Washington state is 96 hours. That's it. And that's usually for someone that like an adult male that has Alzheimer's that is hard to place in a facility because he can just physically get up and walk out. And so that, but think about that. You're talking about three hours a day. That's the government solution. And that's, that's not enough care. So again, it's going to put the burden back on the family members. So the reality is, I, I agree with Sandra. The, 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 the reality is Medicaid is not the answer for this country's problem with long-term care. Those who want the government solution and think the government can solve it are just really misinformed on what that, that, that product does right now, what the Medicaid system does. The real solution for those out there are, who can plan is to do so. It's the only way to protect your family, to protect your savings, and more importantly, to stay in control of your care options. If you're going to settle for what the government gives you, you've got to realize that that is not going to be what most people want for care. So stick around. Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to introduce you to Robin. And I want to show you how we set up a private pay plan for her and why we went the route that we did. We'll be right back. Long-term care radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 
525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio. You know, if you're new to Long-Term Care Radio, you just stumbled on us. We come uh, up with a new show every week usually. And really the idea is just to talk about topics and inform you on some of the things that you probably need to think about. Um, you know, I'm personally pretty passionate about this because I watched my grandmother go through a long-term care situation and I saw firsthand the advantages that our family had because she had a long-term care insurance plan. And I work with a, 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 a wonderful woman, Madeline, our case manager, who had just the opposite experience. Her mom fell ill and ended up on the Medicaid system. I watched my aunt go through the Medicaid system. So I've seen both, you know, both sides of the yardstick, so to speak. And the whole idea about long-term care planning is that, that this argument that the government's going to come and provide and take care for you, you know, we're, we're getting to that point in this country where, I don't know, maybe it's already over half of the percent of the people that are willing to settle for whatever the government's going to give them. I mean, you're hearing about this guaranteed minimum wage and you're hearing about all these other things. But those of you that have worked hard and saved and, 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 and have a family and have people around you that you care about, you probably understand that the government is not the solution. That is, that If anything, it's going to get in the way. And that's already what they're doing with the rules and the regulations. And I mean, just look at what it is now, you know, under this new Obamacare to go in and get just a basic physical and all the questions they ask and all the data collection and, oh, you need a, you need an MRI, but you got to get four x-rays first. And there's just all this, this stuff that goes in there. And a lot of that's private insurance. But if you're on the Medicare system, you know what I'm talking about. They do the same thing. So the big takeaway for us and what we're trying to do on the show is saying that I'm a firm believer in personal responsibility. Life is what you make it. You want a good quality of life in the future for you. You want a good quality of life for your family in the future. You need to plan for what will happen if your health is compromised. And the statistics bear out about 7 out of 10 people are going to need help from somebody before they pass away. That's long-term care. So um, so, so my take is, 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 yeah, it's easy for you to say, Brian, that's what you do. You sell long-term care insurance, but no, I just, I, I, I tell you what, I, I don't want the government making the choices for me. I don't want the government treating me like they treated my aunt or they treating me like they treated Madeline's mom. I want to be in control like my grandmother was and choose where I get my care, whether it's at home or whether it's in a facility. And if it's a facility, I want to choose which facility. And that's really the whole idea about having your own plan is having an option to stay in control of your care options. And with today's plans, what's so wonderful about them, they pay you back if you never use them. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Every week I do a client of the week. This week it's Robin. Robin is 52. She's single. She has one adult child. She is still working, and she plans on working till at least age 65. Robin's biggest concerns, she has a mother who is in a Medicaid nursing home right now. Her mother did not have long-term care insurance she watched her mom spin down her savings. She ended up in the nursing home after multiple trips to the hospital, several surgeries. Her health just was, just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And they finally said she's not safe at home. It's not a safe environment. Robin has a sister. Robin said between her and her sister, they just could not juggle enough hours to make sure that they were there with mom. And so that's when the state comes in and says, well, look, you're in an unsafe environment you don't get home health care from, from Medicaid. You're going to go to a facility. And so that's what happened to Robin's mom. Now, again, I think understanding this is that it, it, that just doesn't happen overnight. There's a lot of struggle until you get to that point because that's the way my aunt was. My aunt really, really fought the Medicaid system, was not willing to stay in the nursing home. So she would get up and she would go out. She'd go back home. And ultimately, that was her demise. They, they ended up finding her you know, on her floor in the living room, not even sure when she passed away because there was nobody there to check and help on her. So that's why the, the state's saying once you're on Medicaid, it's a safety issue for them. They've got to get you someplace. They've got to warehouse you and get you in that facility just from a safety point of view. Now, Robin just doesn't want to repeat this for her daughter. She, she doesn't want to make her, her daughter go through this. Robin is also concerned that if something happened to her, she would not have enough money to self-insure and pay all those costs and might possibly run out of her retirement savings and end up on Medicaid. She watched how fast her mom went through her savings as the medical bills added up, and she was just well aware of how fast those costs piled up and how high those costs were. So really, Robin's eyes were wide open at this point. She was coming in saying, look, 
I need to start planning for this. I know I'm only 52, but I would like to start, you know, getting my, 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 my hands wrapped around this and get an idea of putting a plan in place so that I at least have some kind of coverage. So what we found out about Robin during our discussion was Robin was in excellent health, which is great because, again, folks, that's what allows you to get long-term care insurance is your health. Everything is medically underwritten. Robin was a school teacher, and she was going to have a small pension and Social Security. She also had a small retirement account, but that's what really bothered her. She said, you know, I, I could see after watching my mom go through this that I could blow through that retirement account in a few years if I ended up in a long-term care situation. And her pension and Social Security would not be enough to, you know, pay the eight or $10,000 a month in a long-term care facility. Um, she also had a little bit of cash savings, but, you know, currently her daughter had just finished up college last year. She was gainfully employed. She got a job, which, yay for her, right, as parents. That's what we all want is our, our kids to be independent and happy. So Robin says she feels pretty comfortable about building her savings back up. She plans on having her house paid for by the time she retires. And she wants to age in, in place. That's one of the things that she really, you know, says, look, I, I, I would like to be in my home for as long as I can. That is something that, she, you know, she would consider possibly moving in with her daughter. But she said, again, my daughter doesn't have kids right now. We've talked about that. That all sounds great now until, you know, she, her daughter gets married and they have kids and things could certainly change. But she wants some flexibility. She said, I'm pretty open, but I would like to age in place for as long as I can. She would like to pay for a plan over time, you know, but but ideally would like the money to go back to her daughter too if she's not using it. So she says, look, I want to pay for a plan over time. I don't have a lump sum of money. I just want to go drop into these plans, but I would like to pay for it over time. But if I don't use my plan, it'd be really nice if I could pass that money back onto my daughter. And another thing that she really said is I would like to avoid payments in retirement, meaning that I'm going to work for another 10 plus years, but I don't want to necessarily be carrying long-term care insurance payments into my retirement years as well too. So that was something that was very important to her. And then lastly, I said, you know, what happens if something changes? What happens if you can't work or you get in an accident and, and you, you lose your job or, or you need to support your daughter? Would that be a concern? And she said, well, yeah, that would always be a concern. So we talked about a little bit about having some access to those premiums. What happens if you're paying these premiums in and something comes up and you need to get some of that money back? Is that important to you? And she said, yeah, that would be nice. You know, she's like, I don't plan on canceling this policy, but you never know what would happen. I might want to get that money back. I said, okay. So again, these are the questions I ask when I'm designing a plan for you. Because what I want to do is I want to look at this and say, hey, how do we design a plan that's going to fit your situation? Number one. Number two, what's the best way to fund that plan? So what we recommended for Robin was a limited pay asset-based plan. And what that means, a limited pay, means that we're going to make payments, annual payments for a limited period of time. And carriers have different options. They have five years, 10 years, 20 years. And whatever that term is, that it's like, it means like, you know, it's like a car payment. After five years, the car is paid for. After 10 years, it's paid for. So that's what we mean by limited pay asset-based plan. This allows Robin to pay over time. It gives her a limited number of payments, meaning that once she makes those certain amount of payments, the policy is paid up in full. It has guaranteed level payments. So unlike traditional pay-as-you-go long-term care insurance, these limited pay asset-based plans are guaranteed level payments. They cannot go up on you. They, the company cannot change the rates. It doesn't matter what interest rates do. They can't come back and say, oh, we're going to raise your premiums 20%. These premiums are guaranteed level. So we know we have a finite amount of money going in there. Now, it will return premium as well. This is another reason why we went with the asset-based plan is because it will return premium back to the estate. The money that she pays in, if she doesn't use it, she can be passed back on to her daughter. And along the way, while she's making those payments, there's a cash surrender value. And after she's paid up in full, she has a cash surrender value too, meaning that if she needs to cancel the plan, that she doesn't walk away from all of her money. So those are the keys to this plan, a limited pay asset-based plan. So here's how we did it. We started, we worked backwards from a budget because the hard point is saying, I want, you know, $6,000 a month. It's like, well, is that really enough? I don't know. You know, nobody really knows. Are they going to need long-term care for two hours a day, three days a week? Or are they going to end up needing 24-7 care? We don't know that. So what we're trying to figure out is, okay, we want more money than what we have right now coming in. And what's our budget? How are we going to fund this policy? So we decided to work backwards from a budget. And Robin said, look, now that my daughter's out of school, I feel comfortable I could contribute $10,000 a year for 10 years. And so that's what we did. We set up a plan that she's going to make $10,000 payment once a year for 10 years. 
So Robin will put a total of $100,000 into this plan, and then it's paid up. She has no more payments. So when she's 62, the plan is completely paid. Assuming that she's still working, she's making those $10,000 payments, the plan is paid. All those payments are guaranteed level. They can never go up. She knows she's putting $100,000 into this plan. This plan will provide her an initial benefit of $195,000. So that's her bucket of money. Remember, long-term care insurance is a bucket of money that we can use to pay for care. So she's going to start out today. She wrote a check for $10,000. She has $195,000 in her bucket. That means if she gets hit by the bus tomorrow, she can pull out $3,889 a month for four years. That's her long-term care insurance. But the benefit starts today, even though she's only made the first payment. The plan has a 3% inflation rider on it that will grow that bucket of money and the amount that she can pull out every month. So it's going to increase by 3%. Remember, she's only 52. So we need to look out and say, what's what's the situation going to be like 30 years down the road when you're 82? You know, 35 years down the road, 40 years down the road. We don't know. We hope that, you know, she doesn't end up in long-term care right away, but she does have the coverage. So we want that benefit to grow to keep up with the rising costs. So if we go out 30 years, for instance, when Robin is 82, she now has $473,000 in her bucket of money. She can pull out $9,400 a month, $9,400 a month. Now, remember, she only paid $100,000 into this plan. She was paying those 10 payments of $10,000, but the plan is going to start growing day one, and it's going to continue to grow even after she has paid it. That's what the inflation rider does. It continues to grow your benefit for the lifetime of the policy, which is for however long you are alive, you know, or until you trigger the claim and you use all the benefits. So that is really key for a 52-year-old. Now, some other things to know about this policy, the benefit when she goes on claim, it's an indemnity plan. And remember, I was talking about this a few weeks. Cash indemnity plans mean there's no receipts required. It means that once you trigger either through, I need help with two out of six activities of daily living where I'm diagnosed with a cognitive impairment, they're going to start sending you that check. They're going to start sending her that check for wherever she's at, you know, whatever the policy has grown into. Now, the policy, and the other thing about that cash benefit, the reason why we went this way with Robin, quite frankly, is she was just talking a little bit about this. Like, I might move in with my daughter. We've actually talked about that right now. We're, we're quite a ways away from that, but we could see that happening possibly depending on, on you know, what, what you know, path her daughter's life takes. So I said, you know, the nice thing about the cash benefit is you can use that money to pay for informal care or family members, but you can also use it to pay for facility cares or the home health care agency coming in. It doesn't matter. So that's the flexibility that a cash plan gives you. So that's what she wanted. This policy also has a death benefit of $100,000. And it's kind of interesting when you're paying these policies in like a limited pay, like the first couple of years, the first um, eight years, she has a $93,000 death benefit. Remember, she's just paying in $10,000 a year. So it works like life insurance. If she got hit by the bus and she's gone after year one, her estate would still get $93,000. Then the insurance life insurance is going to peak up to about $120,000 at year 15. And then it's going to settle back down to $100,000, which is equal to the premiums that she pays into the policy. So she's always guaranteed to get 100% of her money back, at least 100% of her money back that she's put into this plan, even if she's made all 10 payments. Um, the, th- the policy also has a guaranteed minimum death benefit of $18,800. I call this the funeral fund. So imagine Robin's 82 and she spends that $473,000 that she has in her bucket on long-term care. So she's exhausted her policy. Then she passes away. Well, her estate's still going to get a check for $18,000. So there'll be a guarantee back. So she puts a hundred in, she could use 473,000 of long-term care. She's still going to get a check for $18,000 or her daughter will, the estate will. And if she needs to cancel along the way, folks, this is the other great thing about this policy. She's going to get 80% of her premiums back along the way. So those first 10 years, she will get 80% of the money back in any given year that she pay. She cancels. So remember $10,000 a year. So if she had to cancel after five years, she wouldn't walk away from her policy. She would get a check for $40,000 back. Now, you're going to say, well, that's ten, she lost $10,000. Like, no, no, no. She had long-term care insurance those first five years. Remember, she's covered. She goes out and gets hit by the bus. She gets in an accident. She gets a spinal injury. It doesn't matter. You know, gets diagnosed with cancer. She's got coverage today. And by the way, if I got her a traditional pay-as-you-go plan with no life insurance, no death benefit, $3,000 a month, of, of um, or the initial $3,800 a month of benefit for four years, that plan would cost her $3,053 a year. So think about that. After five years, she would have paid over $15,000 for just a traditional user to lose a plan versus this asset-based plan. If she cancels after five years and she didn't have a claim, 
it would have only cost her $10,000 for that same amount of insurance. So that's what these asset-based plans do really, really well. They really protect you regardless, win, lose, or draw. There's going to be some value in it. Now, what did it do for Robin? Let's think about this. You know, it gives her immediate coverage, right? You know, again, a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to be like 80. I don't need to worry about long-term care. About a third of the claims are under 65, and most of those are from accidents or cancer. So keep that in mind. Uh, It allows her to fund a plan over time with limited payments. She doesn't have to worry about coming up with a big lump sum of money right now. She'll have 10 payments. She has a finite amount of money going in there. It gives her maximum flexibility on the care options. She can use this policy for for informal care if she wants. It gives her access to the money if she decides that for whatever reason she needs some of that money back. That's you know less than two percent of these cancel, but it's just nice to know that again. That's why they call them asset base. It's still an asset. After year ten, she cancels. By the way, it doesn't matter. She gets a hundred percent of her premiums back. So starting year eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15, it doesn't matter. If she had to cancel her plan there, or let's say she got married again and she wanted to get a joint plan, she would get 100% of her premiums out and she could put them into a joint policy. So again, tremendous amount of flexibility with this policy. And most importantly, it gives her the peace of mind. It gives her some relief right now knowing that she will not repeat her mom scenario and put you know a burden on her daughter. And that was really the driving force behind that. She's got a wonderful plan, she's got great protection, she's got maximum flexibility, and she's got a peace of mind. And that's what these plans do. So stick around, when we come back, I wanna spend a little bit more time talking about staying in control of your care options and compare how long-term care insurance excels at this. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family, and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health. But you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. A smart, informative way to learn about long-term care is to join Colorado's certified long-term care planning specialist and host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott from 525 Advisors, for his free long-term care planning live webinar this Wednesday, December 15th at 4 p.m. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you. Plans that even have lifetime benefits that pay you back if you never use it. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and 525 Advisors. So get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage can give your family. Join the free live webinar this Wednesday, December 15th at 4 p.m. Go to 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Do you know that 7 out of 10 people past the age of 65 need at some point some sort of long-term care? That's 70%. Now, many of us think it could never happen to us or somebody else is going to be there to take care of us, but the facts are clear. Most of us will need to pay for help in the future. And not only is that help expensive, but it puts a burden on family members as well. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, start today with 525 Advisors. Recent changes to the Pension Protection Act have made new programs more advantageous than ever. How would you like to get your premiums back if you never use your long-term care insurance? Well, you can. How would you like to leverage some of your savings for increased coverage using tax-free dollars? Now you can. 525 Advisors are the local long-term care experts. Protect yourself and your family members from the high cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. Ooh, and welcome back. And, uh, you know, thanks again for uh, tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio this week. Uh, We just finished up our client of the week. And, again, that's always my favorite part. I mean, it just... um, it's what I do this this um, job for is I just love solving the problem and helping people get some protection. And the great thing you'll see on these client of the weeks is there's just a wide, uh, you know, wide, wide variety of products that are available in different ways to fund these plans. Our most popular plans by far for the older people, and like I would say, you know, the people in their 60 to 75 range, 
is really the single deposit plans because these are people that are self-insuring already. But when we got other people like Robin that are still in their working years, it doesn't really make sense in most cases to walk in with a big chunk of money even if you have it. Because if you're still contributing to your retirement account and you're still saving for retirement, the nice thing about these pay-as-you-go plans when you put money in over time, if you get hit by the bus at year five, you stop making the payments. There's still a waiver premium built in. You still get all your coverage. You still have the, the, the whole death benefit. You got all the long-term care insurance. So that's what I've done myself. My, my asset-based plan is a 10 pay. So I make 10 annual payments into my plan. And so there's a lot of variety of ways. And we have some plans that go out 20 years. We even have asset-based plans, believe it or not. There's two companies that do what they call a lifetime pay, which means you, you pay to age 95 or 100, basically, but they're guaranteed level payments, and there's still some cash value to them, and there's still a death benefit built into those plans as well, too. So just a wide variety of options, and I just love bringing those out every week. Um you know, this last segment, I just want to talk about one of the biggest misconceptions, and that is that Medicaid provides an equal level of care compared to private care options. I, I, there's so many people out there just say, just assume that, you know, they're not going to worry about it. And when push comes to shove, they'll just give all their assets to their kids and they'll just go on Medicaid and everything will be rosy. And it, folks, it just doesn't work that way. It couldn't be further from the truth. First off, again, remember Medicaid itself sets its own reimbursement levels. It does not pay what the facilities or the home health care provider charge. That's not how they base their reimbursements. In fact, they don't care about that. They have their little manual every year, and they decide that this is how much we're going to pay for an hour of home health care. This is how much we'll pay for a facility, whatever it is. So they, they're the Medicaid themselves are the ones that, that deem the pay rates to be appropriate. Now, this leads to a host of problems with, and the number one is most facilities won't accept Medicaid because if you're, you know, I have a gentleman that owns several adult family homes. He says, look, you know, our, our, our rooms are about six to $7,000 a month. And Medicaid comes in and says, we'll give you $2,300. He goes, I can't run my business off at $2,300 a month. So he goes, I just can't accept the Medicaid clients. It's just really sad. And it's frustrating. So he's one of those like, well, if you've self-paid for five years, we will keep you here. But you know, we're not going to throw you out, but that's just most facilities are just not going to accept Medicaid. And in fact, a few years ago, this was about three or four years ago, Madeline and I did a survey of a total of 150 adult family homes and assisted living facilities in the state of Washington and found three of them that had an available bed for Medicaid. So there were about, uh, about a third of them, about 50 of them said, we will accept Medicaid, but there were some terms there, meaning that you had to self-fund. You had to private pay for several years first. So this is probably the biggest issue with people thinking, oh, well, I'll just have Medicaid go and pay. It's like, you know what, Medicaid, your choices for, for facilities are, are, are very, very slim because the facilities don't want to accept them. And so that's what happens with someone like my aunt. She had one choice down in San Luis Valley. It was in Alamosa. It was a Medicaid nursing home. And it's like, guess what, folks? That's where she was going to have to go. And, and that was it because all the, the place where my grandmother was didn't accept Medicaid. So you're limiting your choices of that right out of the bat. Now, what about home care? This is another area where people are really surprised at how Medicaid works. Many home health care agencies will accept Medicaid. So if you have that home health care agency that comes into the house and they provide the help, you know, for mom or dad or whatever, they will accept Medicaid. But the problem is Medicaid puts a limit on the amount of coverage that they're going to provide. And that was one of the big pushes with Medicaid recently. They're trying to figure out how to expand what they call community care, meaning in-home um, adult daycares, the care in your community. Because people do, be- do better when they're socially still connected with their friends and their family. But right now, like in Washington State, it's a maximum of about three hours a day. You can get about 96 hours a month. That's the most that Medicaid's going to pay out. And that's the misconception. I mean, I've heard some attorneys say this. is like, come get a legal plan with me. And what they're really talking about is we'll set up some trust, move all your assets into it so that you don't technically own them. And then you can qualify for Medicaid. You can age in place and not be a burden on your kids and protect all your assets. Folks, couldn't be further from the truth. Medicaid is not going to do that. If your kids are not there to provide the care and provide that support, because remember, three hours a day, Medicaid is sending somebody in. They'll pay for that. But what happens the other 21 hours a day? That's where mom falls three times, right? And that's where it becomes an unsafe environment. So that's really one of the biggest problems out there is that, again, because of the Medicaid reimbursement levels, it limits your options to get that care. 
And again, remember, you're broke. So it's not like you can say, well, I'll make up and just pay the difference. No, 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 no. Before Medicaid starts paying, you've spent all your money down. And that's what people just don't understand. Now, compare this with, you know, private placement long-term care insurance. Now, guess what? I've got my private long-term care insurance. I'm going to choose if I want care in my home, an adult family home, an assisted living facility, a continuing care retirement center. If I need special memory clinic, if that's what's necessary for you, long-term care insurance will pay for that. They'll pay for adult daycares. And yes, they'll even pay for private nursing homes, like the nice ones, the ones that you want to be in. That's what long-term care insurance does. So my point is, long-term care insurance allows you to stay in control of your care options. In fact, we know for a fact out here, if you have long-term care insurance, you are going to take priority on any type of waiting list because those facilities know now that they're going to get paid. If you have long-term care insurance, you're going to be able to, it's going to be easier for you to find those home health care workers because, again, the agency knows that there's money behind there to get those claims paid, and they're going to work with you. And so it's going to give you more options to not only get the care where you want it, but to choose the agency you want to provide that care if it's in your home or the facility that you want to move into because, again, you've got a guaranteed stream of income that's going to go and pay for that care. So receive the, you, know, you receive the level of care you deserve. Now the government's not choosing your care options. That's the biggest difference with long-term care insurance. Sign up for a class and tune in. If you have any questions for us, always reach us at 525longtermcare.com. And uh, check back next week. We'll have an, another new show. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com.